Hi, I'm Alan Sentier, the Heartful Badass Coach. Being badass is about being the real you, being strong, feisty, confident, knowing your own truth and walking it, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, with a heart full of joy and boundaries that really work. I learned how to be the real me through telling and writing stories, and now I'm a best-selling author as well as a badass psychotherapist and coach. I tell stories a lot in podcasts and blogs and in the coaching programs I do. Being authentic, living your own story, that's being the real badass you. And being real badass is being full of heart, caring. Because we've lived through all that shit, haven't we? So we know it in our bones and we really do truly feel compassion. So come on. Let's do some badassery. Let's change ourselves and watch the whole world change around us. Let's make our lives, our businesses and our hearts sing. Hello, everybody. Well, I've got another lovely woman with me today, Cynthia James. Now, Cynthia lives in the USA, so we're half a world apart, very nearly, and have I got it right? You live in Denver, Colorado? Yep. Uh, which I remember, I went there many, many years ago, and I fell in love at the time, and I just fell in love with the mountains as well. So I'm horrendously jealous. And Cynthia runs a podcast, and she's really into women spreading their wings and finding their voices. And so we'll be talking about that as well. But first of all, I know all these things about you, Cynthia, but who is Cynthia? Who is Cynthia in our heart? Can you tell us? Uh, I, I'm a seeker. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. Yeah. I am a creative and an adventurer explorer. That feels like home to me, too. Mm. So I know we're going to be touching around the being a spiritual being in incarnation because I'm finding that I'm talking to a lot of business people about this and they're actually getting, so that they don't crawl away and run away when you mention it, they're actually talking about it and finding their own way with it. How are you finding that in the U.S.? You know, I think it's a very interesting time. I think there are people who um, were born seekers and they're always exploring that. I think there are those that brought up were brought up in certain um, religious traditions that are questioning and and saying, "Well, is this all there is?" It, you know, and they're and they're they're seeking. I think some people are finding it through their bodies, through yeah. yoga and tai chi and different things like that. And, and then I think there are others who feel really comfortable with their traditions and they want to stay there because that feeds their soul. For me, it's all good. Yeah. As long as you don't separate yourself and divide yourself from others and their choices. That is so true. And it's something that is so important. And I'm finding, too, that there are a lot of women who seem to be leading in this way 
that we've sort of, this is a horrible generalization, but that being female, a female incarnation, seems to enable us to take on change. And we look at something, we look at, you know, the business world, say, or the family world, family unit, or whatever it is we're looking at. And we sort of go, well, actually, do we need to do it that way anymore? And that's sort of the seeker in me. How do you feel about that? I, I completely agree. You know, we have a, a woman vice president in the United States. You know, we have our presidential uh, elections are coming up next year and we have a woman running for president. And I don't even know if she thinks she's going to even get the nomination, but she is questioning, you know, why have we done it this way? How do you know what? Because this way doesn't support the people. How do we take care of the the people and the children and the planet? And I and, and I think we're seeing women do that a lot in their careers. They're walking away from high profit corporate jobs to do things that make a difference on the planet. And so I think that you know we were we were property until the early 1900s. And I think when women started going, no. I think I have a voice. No, I think I should vote. No, I think I should create. I mean, when that started happening, it it's it's created a mushroom effect that's been going all across the country. We've seen people in all kinds of different places in the world, women stand up, you know? Yeah. And um lead countries again. I mean, you know, yes. New Zealand, Finland, um, and they've led countries not in a masculine style as we had with Margaret Thatcher here in Britain years ago, right. but they've led it with a like, excuse me, why are we doing this? There are these people who need us. The children need us. You know, why are we knocking our forests down? We need them. And right. we seem to be able to do this kind of change, which I think is really interesting. I think it's interesting, but I also think it's essential. You know, it's like women are clear. We've got to do something to leave a legacy for our children. You know, we don't, you know, right now in the United States, the temperatures are out of control, over 100 degrees in a lot of places. That's not sustainable. No. We're using up our water resources. You know, we're doing all of these things. And women are like, wait a minute, what about my children and my grandchildren and my great grandchildren? Yeah. You know, we don't want to leave them in dire straits. No, no. Or possibly, I mean, it's terrible. Uh, we're talking just before we started here. Um, I've got friends in Madrid and um, in other parts of Spain and Portugal, and it's incredibly hot there. And we're at the moment in the U in the UK. We're okay because the jet stream has sunk down below us, so we're just getting the northerly winds. We're not getting all the heat coming up from the south. And to be honest, Cynthia, I'm thanking the gods. Yeah. Because the thought of being in 30 or 40 degrees centigrade, you know, is I, I can't translate that anymore. But um, it's, okay. <laughs> it, it's like I'm going to die if I'm in that. Yeah. And a lot of people are dying. We live in the mountains outside of Denver. So we're usually 10 to 15 degrees um, cooler yeah. than what's happening in the city. And it's still warm up here. Yeah. And so. Um, uh, it, it's it's like 
a lot of elderly people are, are passing a lot of construction and outside workers are passing away, you know, and, you know, some of the companies are like turning a blind eye. They need water. They need rest times. You know, they can't they can't sustain being in 110, 115 degrees, you know, over a long period of time and live. And so I think what's happening is that it's a call for humanity. It's like, yes, you want to make money. Yes, we're a capitalist society. I get it. But without the people, how will you function? Yeah. Well, you don't have a society to be capitalist in. <laughs> you just say we won't be there. Um, and also, capitalism doesn't have to be, and sometimes it feels like this, it doesn't have to be me, me, me. I'm the only right. one who's going to get this money, and anybody else who gets some, it means I'm not getting as much. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. And I have actually met some women who even who thought that way, but not many. But it's that's got to change because that's the sort of capitalism we do not want. No. And by the way, when you leave this planet, you're not going to be celebrating what was in the bank. You know, you know, you're going to be looking at your relationships and how you lived and are you there? Are there any regrets? I mean, that's what's going to be happening. And yes, you want to have a comfortable life. You want to be able to take care of yourself, you know, but it's like how much money will make you feel like you're enough? Well, this is a big problem. And um, I'm sure we both find this with people that we work with is there are so many people who don't feel a that they're enough right. or that they can have enough. Right. And right. they are scared and very insecure and sort of like children who are starving. They sort of grab, 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 grab everything. And we've got to change that as well. Oh, yeah. And trying to conquer new worlds. You know, we're going to go into you know, private companies going to go into space. We're going to go under the ocean. We're going to we're going to go to Mars. We're going to do all of this stuff, but we're not taking care of where we are. You know, and I'm always fascinated. It's like, uh, excuse me. Um, will that make you feel like you're enough? Will that make you feel like you're successful and important? How about honoring where we are? loving each other, caring for each other, you know, because right in this moment, living on this planet is what we've got. Yes, it is. And also there's the thought of if you're still into that mindset of um, more me, more me, more me kind of thing, are you going to transport that so Mars gets it? <laughs> so you end up with a completely wrecked society there? as we have here. I mean, that seems awfully silly. And there's a book a few years ago came out, um, There Is No Planet B. Right. And, right. Um, it's, it's, it's quite good. It, it's, you know, talking about what we're doing and that we need, as we've just been saying, to take care of where we are, of home. And um, there is no planet B. And it's all about us inside, isn't it? hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, um, I grew up really poor. 
and you know we were in welfare lines and it was i mean it, it was intense and so my whole family and we had 12 cousins that lived close you know everybody was in this mindset of lack yeah. and so i you know i i spent time when i was growing up trying to make money trying to be successful putting my attention there but but the truth is a your health is the most important thing, the care of this body temple, because it doesn't matter how much you've got if, if, if you're not healthy. Nope. But also it's like your relationships, yes. the way in which you connect to people, the, the you know, heart connections. I mean, you, you want to be able to take care of yourself. And, and we see a lot of people homeless in America and living on the streets. And it's I mean, it's it's sad and heart breaking, you know, and so you want to be able to take care of yourself, but you also want to value the present moment and the, the, the care and the love that, that moves through your life and your ability to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that seems to be, again, where we came in before, it's about connecting. And a lot of people in this country, all over the world, I think, they're still in this state of, I've got to score over the other person. Right. And not that I need to connect with them and that we collaborate and that we share and work together. And I think there are a lot of women now who are really thinking about that. We're talking about, you know, possible prime minister of uh, uh, president of the USA and uh, prime ministers and presidents of other countries who've been, who are women and have been women. And maybe we can bring that through. And it's, again, you were saying about women finding their voices. And it's so important for all of this, isn't it? Well, it is. You know, first of all, I don't believe there's competition. I believe that what's for you is for you. What's not for you, you're not going to get no matter what, yeah. right? Yeah. And it takes attention and intentionality and work on if you want to create something. Yeah. But but thinking that somebody can take from you what's yours is just, um, for me, it's just a waste of time and energy. Yeah. Because what, what you're talking about, bringing our voices means for me, can you stand in your full expression? What lights you up? What what you are passionate about? How you want to show up in the world and make a difference in the world? Because the universe will sync up with that. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. And it is all about this, what is in your heart? And I certainly feel that that is the most important thing going. And it seems that Perhaps the way women can express this may actually help everybody to get the hang of it. Yeah. You know what? Women are nurturers. And I'm not talking about caregiving where you give up yourself for everybody else. I'm talking about we are loving, Mm. caring, being. it's innate within us, Mm. you know. And so if we can bring those things to the forefront then what we do is we become models. We become models for others to see, oh, I can be successful and love. Oh, I can be kind and and do what I love. Oh, I can be a caring person on this planet for humanity and still, you know, be successful. 
Yeah. When you start getting that they all run in tandem and that that energy lives within the female, oh my gosh, it's 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 incredible. It is indeed. And there are m- many more women who are doing that. I mean, there are many solopreneurs, as they call us, um, who are running your own business because right. you can't find a way in a corporate environment. Uh, I know so many, I mean, I've got a couple of girlfriends um around the world and they sort of said they worked in corporate and that sort of thing which we we both we both know and they sort of said i've gone rogue <laughs> and they are doing what they want and they're making a difference and they're making a living yeah you know i i worked in corporate america in uh, corporate communications and a media management firm and i i'm grateful for it i learned a lot but the the lack of humanity bothered me on a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. And so when I started my own business, you know, I, I took the things that I learned that, that fed my soul and, and yeah. lit, lit me up. And then I left behind those others. But I do want to say for anybody who's thinking about this, you know, follow your heart for sure. Yeah. But no, it's not going to be a linear straight line to success. <laughs> you know, it's like there are learning processes and learning curves. And and sometimes you go, what was I thinking? And then, you know, you open. But the thing is, is like when you follow your heart, you know, the universe walks with you. Yes. And it will show you the way, you know. And, you know, I went to a... um a global leadership uh, school for a year because I, I had worked for other people. I had helped them build their kingdoms, but I didn't know how to build mine and I didn't know what I didn't know. So I went into those classes and I, you know, I cried through some of it because I was like, oh, this is really hard. But when I walked out, I understood the premises of running a business, you know, how you have to be in, in alignment and connection with finances, how you have to open yourself to be visible, to bring in clients. And, you know, and you, and for me that I had to have a really strong spiritual practice, whatever that looked like, so that I could attract the people that were right for me. That is so important. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's what goes on inside. And I call that my spiritual practice too, whatever it is. And it's that that calls the people, isn't it? Yeah, you become a magnet. People want what you have. They 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 resonate with you. And sometimes, you know, I'm sure people have found you online because they've liked your energy or they've liked something you've said and they say, oh, that resonates with me. So your energy, all it becomes this, it, this wave of frequency that goes out and finds the people that need you. Exactly. And the people that I can help, because when when none of us, I'm not for everybody, nobody is. Right. And so there are people who they won't get me and I won't be able to help them. And that's so important to recognize. I don't know whether you found it with um, people that you work with, but some people are saying, but not everybody likes me. Yeah. You go, no. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, you know, you're from England and not everybody drinks the same tea. <laughs> you know? 
So, yeah, oh, so. You're yeah. the same coffee in America? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and we are, so again, you know, the people who are thinking, I've never got enough. I've got to keep pulling other things to me. You can't actually, I mean, it's even a digestive thing, isn't it? You can't actually digest everything and you can't actually digest all the people who might come to you. And right. I think putting that across and women's voices saying it, I think seem to make a big difference that we're not for everybody. You have to right. attract, but you also, you will repel. Mm-hmm. And that's- it's one of the reasons I have um, discovery calls. I have like complimentary discovery calls here, where yeah. people can come in. They can tell me what's happening. I can talk about what I do and we can see if it's a fit. And if it's not, you know, I will always hold them in my heart, but I don't want them to waste their time and money. And I don't want to waste my time and energy. No, I completely agree with you with that. What sort of people come to you? What sort of people do you find work best with you? I I have um, individuals, a lot of them are leaders. They're leaders in companies or in government agencies. Uh, a lot of them are women. They want, they want to be conscious leaders, you know, um, and have clarity. And then, um, then sometimes what they will do is bring to me their teams and I will do team building with them so that it can, it can take them to another level. There are times that some of my clients that come from different parts of the world are in transition and they don't know exactly where they want to go, but they know they they can't stay where they are. Mm -hmm. And so we work on them getting clear about what what will bring them joy, Mm -hmm. what will bring them a sense of freedom and, and resources. Yeah. Yeah. I find the same sort of thing. And. It's this conscious leadership, isn't it? It's being right, conscious, right. being aware and being connected so that you can, your empathy works. You can feel what's going on in a room or in a company or maybe even before you even walk in the door of a company. Yes. Whoa, like, hello. And, um, you know, whatever. You can feel it. And being conscious means you are likely to make the right decision, doesn't it? Well, yes, because you you begin to trust your intuition and your inner knowing, yeah. not just your mind. Yes. Because the mind is gets busy trying to figure things out and how's it going to work and how are people going to respond and you can go down rabbit holes there. Absolutely. But your intuition, your gut response yeah. is right on. I mean, it knows what's right for you and what what will benefit others through you. Yeah, I quite agree. And one thing I find with some of my clients when they first come, it's like you were saying, they don't know quite where they need to be, but they know they can't stay where they are. And I have the same thing. And it's sort of like, I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going, but I know I can't be here. Help, you know. And yes, of course. And they will, they don't understand yet and one of the things i find they they i have to help them with is that they don't understand that the head can't solve everything the mind can't solve everything and we were given you know our instincts and our hearts and our intuition as well so we just overuse the mind 
and we don't use these three at all. Yeah, but I think what happened was that education took a misstep mm. and it it taught us and enculturated us through our educational systems. Trust your mind, you know, figure it out, analyze it, you know, dissect it, you know, and and all of that's great, but but it leaves out the holistic part of what you just said, yeah. because when the mind is in connection with your intuition and your senses and your ability to see beyond circumstances, wow, when those two things work together, it's powerful. But when one dominates over here and leaves this out, people flounder and they feel lost. They do. And um, my dad was always very keen on this sort of thing. And, and he would sort of say, well, look, you've got all these four functions. Go on there and use all of them. Why is using this one? And he would sort of say, if you're just using your mind, it's like somebody trying to take a screw out of a piece of wood with a hammer. You're using the wrong tool. That's right. And so many people, as you say, they've been educated, inculcated into You've got to think everything. You've got to use your mind and nothing else is reliable. I, mean, I hear that a lot, that people have been taught to believe that your guts aren't reliable, your heart's not reliable, and your intuition's just a load of woo-woo anyway. Right. Um, do you see that too? I do. It's one of the reasons I take people on pilgrimages. I take people on pilgrimages around the world, and I, I invite them to, to, to step away from the norm mm. and to step into energy fields and frequencies where there's so much knowledge, so many gifts, so much history mm. where they can open up to activating their imagination and open up to activating their their intuition and their eyesight, their inner eyesight. Yes. And so it's a really great thing because when you're away from being in front of the computer all the time and, you know, and running around and doing all this stuff and you just get, and I take small groups, you know, there's no more than 20 ever. Yes. And we bond as a family and we connect. And so it's incredible. So whether it's, you know, Egypt or Peru or France or wherever we're going, it's like I invite people Come on this trip if you want to do a spiritual practice and you want to open your intuitive knowing. Yeah, yeah. I've done some not as large as you. Um, I normally only have eight or ten people at the most. I do a similar sort of thing. And I have done it in France because I know parts of France very well. And I do it a lot in Britain because, as you say, there are so many things. And you say, come on, we're going up this hill. Now you see what's up there. We're going down this valley, and you see what's up there. And the changes that happen to people, don't you see that as well? Yeah, because, you know, really, we are a part of nature. And when you start connecting with how we feed nature and nature feeds us, then you start to see and hear things, you know, like I said, we live in the mountains, so yeah. we're surrounded by trees and wildlife. And and when I moved here, we moved here from Los Angeles, right. which is noisy. <laughs> and I was like, wow, it's so quiet here. But all of a sudden, I'm hearing different bird sounds. I'm seeing elk and deer and coyotes. I'm seeing all of this. And I'm thinking, wow. If I had not moved here, 
and become conscious, I would have missed it because yeah. I would have been in my little bubble in that little container called make a living. Yeah. And and so, yeah, I think, you know, I think when when you were on my podcast, we talked about you sending people out into nature and having them connect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I, mean, I was just um, I'm very lucky. I similarly in a way to you, but I don't have any mountains. Um, I live in the middle of in the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm a quarter of a mile <coughs> from a single track road. You know, wow. if you meet somebody, you have to back. One of you does. Um, because there's big hedges you can't get past. So your whole m mode of thought and driving is even different. But yes. my nearest neighbor is a quarter of a mile away. So this morning I was standing at my bedroom window, sort of putting my clothes out, putting my clothes on. And I saw this movement across the lane, across my garden, across the lane. It was a hare. And um, so it comes along, and I couldn't see it at first because it was in, in the grass, you know. What's you, you fox, you rabbit, you what? Oh, it's a hare because you great big long ears, what you call a jackrabbit, I think. Yes. And um, that was just like sitting in there in the morning. And... They come around, you know, there's a, there's a fox who comes through the garden and all this sort of thing. And I feel, I wish everybody could have that. Yes. Because it's that connection again. You know, this is life which is going on alongside of me. Yeah. We had something happen the other day that was <clears throat> heartbreaking and inspiring at the same time. I was in the kitchen with... Uh, my family and we heard this bang mm. and I turned around and I said oh no I think a bird flew into our window right so we looked out the window sure enough it was laying on the on the um, deck mm. and at first we thought it was going to rally because it started to move right mm. and we were and so everybody it all the entire family was sending blessings to this bird, right? That it would get up and fly. And it didn't. It passed away. Mm -hmm. So what we did was we picked up the bird, we did a blessing, and we gave it a funeral <laughs> because we wanted it to know that we cared for it. And I, you know, my kids were like, Oh, we're going to bless it. I mean, it was, I mean, they live in Los Angeles, you know, so they were like, we're going to bless it. I was like, yep, we're going to bless it. And I, it just, I don't know that I would have been that way had I not had the opportunity to live where I live. Yeah, I think you're quite right there. And I mean, I've not always lived in the country. I lived in London for 25 years, but before that I was in the country and now I'm in the country again. And you, there are animals in the city. I mean, we had a fox live at the bottom of our garden in the city, which was lovely. And you, she brought her cubs out um, when she had them, all this sort of thing. But it's not quite the same as when you are there. And when I was a child, um, you know, you'd find a, a dead bird or dead a bird would ram, ram itself into the window, break its neck or something like that. And then I would always take it and bless it, as you say, and put it somewhere special uh -huh. and say, it's almost like you say, thank you for being 
isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting because I look up metaphysical meanings of things too. And birds running into windows, you know, sometimes are blessings. They're bringing blessings and reminding you that you're blessed. Yeah. So why not turn it around and bless them since they have brought you a blessing? Absolutely. And for the old ways of Britain, I mean, that's very much part of it. If something comes to you, you bless it. And again, even with the, your food, there's um, we weren't um, we weren't Christian or anything in the household or anything like that. But we'd sort of sit down to a meal, and mom or dad would sort of say, "Thanks for the food." Yes. Yeah, I don't think it's about religion at all. I think it's about honoring the earth that grew it and the, you know, the hands that picked it and the love that went into the cooking of it. Yeah, exactly. All of that thing. And it was noticing and remembering it. You know, you hadn't just grabbed this packet out of the freezer and stuck it in the microwave. Um, and I mean, even if you do do that, it's still been made by somebody and it's still been grown and that kind of thing. But it was much more intentional. And that, that you've used that word before. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you mean by intentional? Well, here's the thing. Intention is really a way of putting out a declaration a declaration into the universe, into something you want to create or want something you want to manifest. You know, one of the things about us when you bless food, right, is that you are intending that that food blesses you and blesses your body temple. Yeah. And so I think it's the same, like, you know, if you're in a transition, my intention is to be of service in this way. And, and then that energy carries its own uh, frequency out into the universe and then finds itself. So for me, it's like before I do anything, I ask myself, what's my intention? What's my motivation here? What do I want to create? And then I can do other steps. But knowing that, you know, makes it really um powerful. I, I, I will tell you this. I, uh, I'm a singer and um, I was, I was getting ready to, um, to do a, a, a benefit concert. And I became really aware that I was getting really nervous and I wasn't quite sure i have been performing my whole life, but I was really getting nervous. And um, I'm standing behind stage and I asked myself, what is my intention? And and what came to my mind was, is to bring the best of me in service to that audience. Yes. And then the thought came in. Then sing through your heart. Absolutely. And that just rings so true and so well for me. And it makes me think, we were talking earlier about living and business and relationships. I mean, surely we should all be doing our business through our heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> and yet, why not? Yes. Yes. Because, you know, people recognize heart. 
they recognize caring and love. They recognize it. And so if you are doing business from that point of view, then people are drawn because they they instinctively know they'll be cared for, whatever your product is. Yeah, yeah. And that you are giving of your best. Your product is giving of your best insofar as you possibly can. And that you won't be messed with. Um, if something goes wrong, you won't be dumped and left. Right. Um, whatever it is, you know, it's your washing machine's gone wrong or something. And some firms <laughs> buy a new one, lady, you know. Right. That's right. <laughs> and, and other firms who are like, yeah, well, I'll send a man out. I'm afraid we can't come until tomorrow, but he'll come and he'll bring you a new thingamajig and he'll put the thingamajig in and it'll all be fine. That's right. That's right. And I I love doing business with companies that still have people that answer the phone. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because it's like, oh, a voice, There's someone a that can hear me. And... <laughs> My God, I'm going to faint. I'm talking to a person on the phone. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I can't tell you how often I'll get an email. And I'll respond to the email and the person will go, thank you so much for getting back to me or thank you so much for getting back to me so quickly. And what I started to notice is some people don't respond. Some people take a long time and it makes people feel like they don't matter. Oh, yes, exactly. And that's such a big thing, too. Um, when I was training with the psychotherapy, uh, one of our tutors had this lovely thing. We have a had a phrase. I don't think it's done much now, but it used to be a phrase that, you know, a teacher would say about a child, you know, 50 years ago. Say, and it'd be, that child needs a damn good talking to. <laughs> and um, our tutor said, you know, he brought that, told that story. And then he said, no. That child needs a good listening to. And yes. And you don't, you feel you don't matter. Nobody's hearing you. Nobody's seeing you. And you just, it part of you sort of does this and crawls into your shell. And if you're a bit more feisty, the other part of you comes out with fists going. Right. Well, you know what's (laughs) interesting? Yes. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is, is that that's why the feminine voice is so important, because if you are in alignment with that energy that lives within you, you want to see people, you want to hear them, you want to make them know that you're, they're special, Mm -hmm. you want to make them know that you're really present there. There's a singer uh, from the United States whose name is Barbara Mandrell, and she was in a car accident and almost died. And um, and there were many reports that, you know, she had had a transformative experience. And I happened to be at a gathering and she was there. And my friend said, oh, would you like to meet her? And I was like, yeah. So I went over and I had the most extraordinary experience. She. The woman introduced me and she looked at me and she said, hello, how are And all of a sudden I was very clear that. It was this. We were connected. She was only with me. She wasn't interested what was happening in the room. Now, this was no longer than a minute. Yeah. But in that minute, it was clear that she was 
wanting to be present, I said to her, I'm so glad to see you. Mm. And she said, I am so glad to be seen and to be able to be present. I mean, that's unforgettable, isn't it? It is. And that's what we all need to do. I've watched the Dalai Lama do that in different places where he's so present with people. You know, it's like if we can be present with ourselves Mm -hmm. and we can be present with our with others, then I think the need for division and fighting starts to diminish. Yes, I agree. And that's one of the things that I've got like the seven skills that I teach clients when they come to me and so say, you, you're going to need these and then we'll see where we go after that. And one of them is that being present and not just with people, but are you present? You go into your garden. Are you actually present with your garden for a moment? Yes. And, you know, you've got a cat or a dog who lives with you and the cat comes up and you know how they do. And you say, you are present with that cat. And so many people are not. They say, oh, not now. Right. And I mean, all animals have emotions. All animals yes. feel. And we know now from that lovely German bloke's work with trees, trees feel, plants feel. And so we're just brushing them off. Yes. Listen, in Dominher, Italy, which is a spiritual community in Italy, they have been doing research with plants for, I don't know, decades. Mm-hmm. And they have machines that you can take out into the woods and attach to the trees and listen to them do the music. And so the first time I saw that, I thought, well, if they can play music, then they communicate. And if they communicate, they hear us. So how are we treating the trees? And how open are we to receiving the gifts that they're giving us? Absolutely. And there's a lot of research coming out now. It's been going on for a long time, but coming out that they'll be like a grandmother tree, say, in in an orchard or a wood, and younger trees, and maybe some aren't doing so well. And then the tree, and this has been scientifically proven, the tree feeds those younger trees that aren't doing well with some of her food. Yes. Yes. It's just like, why aren't we listening to this? Well, because we don't uh, don't understand what they understand. They understand interconnectivity that we're all connected and interconnected. It's not just me over here and you over here and silo over here. What happens to one happens to all. And the trees understand that. Yes. Yes. I I mean, I was brought up to think that because my uncle was a woodsman who started to, well, he talked about this. He knew about this kind of thing because people did back in those days. And now I'm seeing it coming out, and there are. It's one thing that's actually so surprising to me is that it used to be just women who would say this, and the men would like poo-poo it. But now there are more men who've listened to us women yes. and are saying, "Yes, we can see it now." Yeah, it's so amazing, and I'm, I'm so grateful, and I'm, 
I'm so grateful. You know, earlier we talked about spiritual practice, and so I've been meditating for like 40 years and stuff. But but one of the things about the spiritual practice and going in is that you begin to understand more deeply about this connection. Yes. You know, I mean, how is it that you and I, until a couple of weeks ago, had never met? didn't know even know each other existed and then we could get on a call and all of a sudden find all this commonality Mm. you know uh, and I think if people could really open to meeting people connecting with people in other cultures we would make major shifts I totally agree with you and it's all about this being open and Something I find again with my clients is that is this vulnerability. Now, I'm able to be open and vulnerable with people. And says, I don't understand this. I don't know what this is. Tell me about it. And I can be in that place. But so many of my clients, they feel if they do that, something awful will happen. Yeah. Well, because you know what? They don't understand, understand that vulnerability is a gift. No. And they've been taught, again, that this could be an ad, another education thing problem, you know, that, um, well, if you're vulnerable, people will hurt, hurt you or right. damage you in some way. And yet so often they don't. I mean, it's a very, very small thing. If I screw something up and, um, oh, I'm late for a call with you or something like that, and it's sort of, Oh, then it was, you know, sorry about this. I'm so sorry. Such and such happened. I completely forgot. And as soon as I open up and say that, you're there. Yeah, I know. Life happens. It's that like that. And it just smooths everything immediately. Whereas if I came in with a bundle of prefabricated excuses, you'd be like, hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, it's... um. It's so interesting. The greatest relationships are when people can see each other. Yes. All aspects of themselves. That requires vulnerability. That requires being your best self and your most interesting self. Yeah. Which is actually back again to actually living from your heart because your heart is interesting and it's interested. You know, yes. And it will be your best self. And living from your heart means you can actually open up to that. Yeah. 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 Oh, what a place we've been. <laughs> All around the world. <laughs> and we've come back here to the heart, which yes. I think is so beautiful. I think it's something that is so important for everybody so as a sort of last word what would you like to give to everybody today i would like to tell you that you're magnificent that you are a unique expression nobody else like you on the planet therefore nobody else can do what you came to do there would be a hole if you weren't present in this moment. And so dare to shine, dare to stand up and be who you came here to be. It matters. And and those people that 
cannot understand it, they can move to the side because others that can will come in. And the more people that do it, they will feel the energy and they will want to come in too. Yes, exactly. Oh, when you said that, it just, I felt so seen. I hope you all do out there too because Cynthia was right there with us, right there with us. Thank you so much for being here. Hopefully we shall do this again or something. Else. I would love that. I would love <laughs> to do something with you. And I'm so honored to be a part of your world. Thank and you. I am so honored to have you as part of my world and to be part of yours too. <laughs> okay. So thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you again next time. Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed that. Hope it pulled out some new ideas and new ways of looking at life, the universe and everything. And I'd love to know your comments, so do send them to me. Doing and being badassery is fun. It makes your heart sing. And that helps everyone. And it helps you put the soul back in your life and in your business. Business, when it's really working, is fun, full of badass reality and makes your heart sing. So let's stick all those rubbish old work ideas of toil and drudgery in the compost caddy. Let's recycle them into something fun and useful. That's what badassery is about, having fun and being useful. If you'd like more, get on my website, www.ellensentier.com. Sign up for my newsletters and check out my lives and vlogs. Let's get to know each other. Let's get together, have fun, grow your life and make your heart sing. Let's be real. Come on, let's light our fires.